Okay, that's marching music, sisters and brothers. That's marching music. Migra. It's time for America to admit that immigrants make up the best of what is America. So quit screwing around over there in D.C. All right, sorry. I'll, Thank you, I'll calm down. Santana. Thanks, that was Carlos Santana with Migra. Uh, we have uh, Aaron Goldstein here sitting uh, with us at the table now, Democratic candidate for Attorney General. Welcome back, Aaron. Thank you. Good morning. Nice to have you. Nice uh, to be had. So here you are. You you did win your seat as a committeeman in the Democratic Party. Correct. Uh, 33rd Ward. 33rd Ward. 33rd Ward. Um, we want to know what's it like as a first-time politician to go after a statewide office held by a pretty popular uh Democrat Lisa Madigan, who again, another surprise left step us out, in the lurch. left out, and all of a sudden now you've got you're in a field of what eight or nine candidates. Yeah, I like to think it's just one candidate. Yeah, but, yeah, but of the, course. The reality do. is it's, it's eight, <laughs> eight of us total. Yeah, and how does that how's that going for you? It's it's going great. Um, obviously, Lisa Madigan uh, announced that that she won't be running, so so I'm not running against her, um, but. I'm pursuing justice. Uh, it, it's all about justice and, and fighting for what's right. Uh, I've been a public defender most of my career. I represent actual human beings, actual people. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to bring that perspective that no one else has and bring that to the attorney general's office. But how do you bring that very personal one-on-one -on -one relationship to an office that is then an office? I mean, it's part of the bureaucracy big time statewide office you're going to be speaking in a big big crowds a lot of the time certainly so look the, the attorney general's office much like a prosecutor's office has prosecutorial discretion they can choose who they want to be for you want to be with the big corporations or do you want to be with the people it, it really is uh, this or that choice um so so some of my opponents they've taken over a hundred thousand dollars from big tobacco They've taken uh, several thousand dollars from, from Exelon and ComEd. So, that, so we know who they're for, right? They're, they're for the corporations. Right. I spent my entire career representing people, people who've been disadvantaged, people who've been cast aside and, and said, you're done. And I stand next to them in court every single day where the judge doesn't like them, the prosecutor doesn't like them, and I'm standing there. Uh, so, so that's the perspective I come from. It's a true progressive uh, perspective. What we've learned, I think the one good thing, uh, and it's only one, that's come out of the Trump <laughs> era is that attorneys general throughout the country have seen their power. So yeah. the Muslim ban, that was rejected by attorneys general that have stood up. All the environmental protections that need to be fought for, those are attorneys general. Right. So, so we actually have a massive amount of power to run into court. We don't have to worry about the legislature passing some law. We can run into court and fight for the people. So what policies of the longtime incumbent will you continue, and what issues that she kind of shied away from, like political corruption, might you pay more attention to? Well, you certainly named it political corruption. So, so Lisa Madigan's office and, and her in general has been competent but cautious. Uh, so, so what are some of the issues and the issues that are important to me? I, I have three very important issues. Number one, we got to stand up to the big powers. That's the big corporations, the big banks, and Trump. Number two, we need real criminal justice reform. And there's a lot of planks to that, and I could get into that in a second. And we need to fight corruption. So those, those last two in particular, but even the first one, Lisa Madigan's office really hasn't done anything on. It wasn't until Laquan McDonald was shot and murdered mm -hmm. by the police that she actually stepped up after 
uh, Trump withdrew the federal monitor. Right. So so there was nothing on criminal justice reform. I could have told you years ago that this stuff was going on. I represented people who were murdered by the police yeah. before Laquan McDonald. I knew this was going on and nothing was done about it. As far as corruption, zero was done. Uh, she specifically said in 2003 uh, that I'm going to fight corruption, even if it means looking at my father. We obviously know nothing was done on that. So, mm. so those would be you know, some important points that I would uh, pursue. Should police reform in Chicago have federal oversight? Absolutely. And should community groups and, and voices be part of that y- Yes, and, and I'll go even further than that. There are pending lawsuits. Lisa Madigan filed one lawsuit, and there's other uh, individuals and community organizations who have filed lawsuits against Chicago Police Department. I believe they should have enforcement power. They should be able to come into court and say, you're not complying with what I think will be a consent decree. Come into court and say, we want enforcement on this particular issue. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one in the race that's suggesting that. Aaron, um, a lot of us still wonder why Lisa Madigan decided to step down. Do you have any insight into that? Do you know any, what's the rumors, why she did? And she kind of left, you know, all of a sudden you have this giant field of people. Uh, What does that mean? Yeah, well, I mean, why she decided to jump out, I, I mean, I have no relationship with her and uh, <laughs> certainly not her father. Um, so so I, I can't say and, and, you know, I don't know exactly what the speculation is. I, I hope, you know, that, that she's OK, like that there's yeah. no specific personal reason that um, that she has to get out. But I, I don't know if it's if it's a desire to run for something else or it's a desire to just get away from the office. I can't speak to um, as far as what it's done. Um, I don't know that there was necessarily a plan to set someone up for this race. Uh, I can't. I, I certainly wasn't part of that plan. Uh, but but I think what's what's so exciting. I I remember specifically it was a Friday afternoon that I got the news uh, that she wasn't running, and this was the last thing from my mind. I wasn't thinking about this, uh, and then all of a sudden the flood of texts and calls saying, "Are you going to run?" And and I said, "You all are crazy." Um, but then I thought about it and, and I thought about all the opportunities we have to actually fight for the people to use this office in such a great way. Uh, just said, we got to do this. So did you go after an endorsement of the regular Dems? Uh, well, not exactly. I spoke to the Cook County Democratic Party. I'm one of them. Right. I actually you had a vote. Committeeman. My vote was for no endorsement. Uh-huh. Um, and the reason why I said we should have no endorsement is I believe in the people. Um, the at the time we went before the Cook County Democratic Party, it was just a month after this race, in essence, had begun. Right. Uh, and I told them, I said, you, you don't know anything about us. Uh, you don't know what the people want. Why are you putting your thumb on the scale to do this? So I specifically I spoke before him. I asked for no endorsement. Uh, I gave a vote of no endorsement, and obviously they disagree with me. So, who'd they uh, endorse? They endorse Kwame Raul. So, so he has the support of Mike Madigan and Joe Barrios and Ira Silverstein. So he can have that support. <laughs> Who may not make it on the ballot himself. <laughs> Correct. But, Amazing. You know. So, on that so score. with with that support comes uh, those people that support him. Yeah. So back to what Tom and you were talking about the um, notion of. Uh, criminal justice reform, what what are the roles that restorative justice and the reconciliation, reconciliation techniques that have been going on for a while in different versions um, play in reducing mass incarceration rates? Yeah, so so 
my goal as far as real criminal justice reform are, are four things. Number one, end mass incarceration. Number two, end the racist drug war, which goes hand in hand with mass incarceration. Thank you. You, Thank you. you stop the drug war, uh, you, you pretty much stop mass incarceration. Number three is ending cash bail. Now, I'm a Cook County public defender. I've worked with the stakeholders to actually get rid of cash bail in Cook County. Mm-hmm. We're, we're pretty much done with that. Yeah. Now, there's a lot that has to, to get better. Um, but no one should be sitting in jail because they can't post 100 bucks. Thank you. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous, and I'm going to fight to get rid of that. And the fourth plank of criminal justice reform is what we talked about, police reform. Right. So, so you talked about uh, you know, alternative sentencing and, and those types of things. Uh, to, to divert people mm-hmm. away from crime. We should we should be getting people out of the criminal justice system as much as possible. And the great majority of crimes that take place are nonviolent, yeah. are, are mental health related or addiction related. Like we should be treating the symptom, uh, or not the symptom, but the actual root of these issues. And we're not doing it in the criminal justice system. So part of that of criminal justice reform is attacking those issues. Well, when you get the numbers like we did this week from uh, Sheriff Dart, that that the the uh, population of the Cook County Jail has gone from 11,000 to 6,000, or, or actually 5,000 some, which is a remarkable uh, yes. achievement. So do you see an ally in Sheriff Dart on it, this stuff? It, it, certainly, certainly. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would go even further because you know, the unfortunate answer is that should have been done a long time ago. But but look, we have it, and we should applaud it. And, and I think his work and Tony Preckwinkle's work, and and w- everyone always forgets the public defender's work who stand there every yeah, single day uh, and, and fight on behalf of poor people. Um, they're crucial to this, uh, this whole issue. So Amy Campanelli, who's the public defender, is great as well. Uh, Aaron, uh, I always like to ask our guests a little bit about themselves. Where did you come from? I mean, you're sitting here. You look a real sharp dude, nice suit. Um, he's a youngster, isn't yeah. he? No, he's, he's, he's looking a lot more dressed up than the last time I saw him. <laughs> but tell, tell us a bit about where you come from, what you like. You got family, uh, sports. What are you into? Yeah, so so I'm uh, born and raised in Chicago, uh, 50th Ward. So so neighboring you guys. Uh, I always remember going to the Heartland. I played baseball at Pottawatomie Park. Yeah. Uh, the High Ridge YMCA is where I played basketball nice. and, and was a camp counselor there. Uh, went to Decatur Classical School on the far north side and then Whitney Young for junior high and Lane Tech High School. Uh, so so born and raised Chicago. I now live in uh, Albany Park in the 33rd Ward. Um, so so that's that's a little bit about my, my growing up. I'm married with uh, two, two young daughters. Um, we're coming on 14 years of marriage. It's not uh, chewy numbers, but uh, it's it's been going on for for a little while. Aim and... for it; you'll get there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I speak to my wife on that one, um, but but she's great. My kids are great. Uh, my family's great. And uh, how'd you just... get into politics? Uh, um, so in 2014, uh, I remember interviewing with you guys then back at the Heartland. I ran for state representative. Uh, that was Deb Mel had vacated that seat to become the alderman uh, after her father retired, and and they put in a longtime aide Jamie Andrade uh, to the 40th district, mm-hmm. and I ran against him unsuccessfully, um, but that really got the juices flowing, and after that race, then I got involved in the municipal election and the 33rd ward and and Chewy's campaign as well, and uh, got excited again and uh, ran against Dick Mel in 2016 for a committeeman. And for 40 years, for as long as I was living, he was the committeeman there. Yeah, and, that was uh, quite a win. Him. Yeah. 
quite a win. Yeah. Was it your it was a part of your ward where the homeless were cleared out from underneath the expressway a couple of weeks ago? No, it's it's my bordering ward, which is the thirty fifth ward, <coughs> um, and it's despicable. Um, the, do humans not have dignity? Uh, that that you would you <coughs> take individuals who who don't have a roof over their head, that don't have a home, and that you would kick them kick them out. In, like, the, in it, the most frigid weather. It, it, it's just, it's reprehensible. Who and made that decision? It, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's obviously the city, so so where it comes from, I'm not sure. What a mistake. Uh, maybe some individuals. You know, another part about me is uh, when I was in law school, I worked for the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. So so I know these issues very well. And, and one of the lawsuits that I was part of was fighting on behalf of homeless school children mm-hmm. who were being kicked out of school because they were they transient. They didn't have an address. They didn't have an address. Right. So they would go from like 10 to 15 schools in a year, and we <sighs> actually stopped that practice. So, Good work. So that's where I come from. Um, everyone has dignity. Every human is worth saving. Every human is worth fighting for, and that's what I do as attorney general. Nice going. Thank you. Hey, how does your recent street robbery affect your worldview <laughs> as victim versus perpetrator? Um, well, you know, every every experience gives you perspective. Um, you know, I've been a victim of crime, obviously nothing like this. Um, and you, you count your, your lucky stars, right? There were four of us uh, in addition to me. So it was five total um, that were robbed. Everyone had a gun put to them. Uh, so everyone is safe. Everyone is healthy. And that's the most important thing. And I, I'm thankful for, for all these guys that, that were there for me. Um, and, and putting their life on the line. But 3.30 in the middle of the day, um, someone sticks That's a wild. gun to my side. Um, and, you know, I afterwards, I because the media evidently got a hold of it. It wasn't my desire to let this out, but but evidently the media uh, found out about it. And, and we had a press conference, and my message was clear. I still believe in the in the dignity of us all. Um, I still believe in, in humankind. I'm still optimistic. Um, and I just met yesterday with, with some victims of, of gun violence, uh, you know, families who, who had kids that were killed. Um, and if that can help me better understand what they're going through, I, I think it's a, it's a positive. Really? I don't know if you want to weigh into the election that happened. Assuming you're successful in the March primary, then, you know, pretty good chances for election in November. And then that's followed right away by municipal elections. So how do you read the tea leaves about uh, the incumbent mayor, yeah. uh, the role of independent political organizations, and maybe changing the face of the city council or producing a, a new challenger to the yeah. mayor? Well, number one, we need a new mayor. Um, number two, Troy LaRavier is endorsing my campaign. Uh, so I am a huge fan. I'm absolutely honored um, that he's endorsing me. So I think he'll make a great mayor, um, and I'm confident he will do that. Um, I'm not, my campaign's about uh, actually being honest and, and, and being strong-willed and not being scared to actually speak up for, for what I believe. Um, so I have no problem, you know, saying that Troy LaRavier is our next mayor. So as far as independent political organizations, I've started one for, for like I said, 40 years. We had the regular Democratic organization of the 33rd Ward. We got rid of that. We now have 33rd Ward Democrats. And we're actually putting in... Uh, systems in place so that we actually evaluate judges. Uh, so, so we shouldn't be taking money in exchange for an endorsement, which Excellent. is what the Cook County Democratic Party did. Excellent. And I wrote an article in the Sun-Times talking about the $40,000 that the Cook County Democratic Party takes 
in exchange for an endorsement uh, for a judicial candidate. So I'm sitting before nice. these judges uh, knowing that they bought their seat. Uh, and my clients have to believe that they're going to get a fair shot from these individuals. So, so little by little, we're trying to change it. So I believe Excellent. in progressive politics. I believe in independent political organizations. I'm part of one. Um, and, and hopefully we can make a big change in 19 as well. Well, we got one time for one last question. So do you have a New Year's resolution? <laughs> it's still it's, January. So. Yeah, well, uh, there's an obvious one, but, but it, it comes from the New Year's resolution I have every year, which is uh, Deuteronomy 1620, justice thou shalt pursue. Uh, so I will pursue justice as attorney general. I've pursued justice my entire life. I will continue to do that, win, lose, or draw, but I'm looking at win. Uh, and, and when I win, justice uh, will come back to the state of Illinois. Aaron Goldstein, what a pleasure to have you back. And good luck in this incredible race that for Attorney General. Very thick field um, and a talented one to, to a great extent. No so doubt. You've got some worthy opponents. Uh, good luck. Thank you. Thanks well, for having me. Uh, our pleasure to have you. Um, I just got word from the... Uh, from the ground, the gathering ground over at Grant Park that the crowd is building. The sound is better than last year. <laughs> the signs are great. So get yourselves down to Grant Park, people. We will as soon as this show is over. We're going to listen now. You're listening to Live from the Heartland on WLUW 88.7 FM. WLUW.org. Indeed. Mark your calendars for the third annual Mardi Gras carry-on Live from the Heartland Benefit Concert, February 11th, 4 to 7 a score of great musicians. I mean, really, a score. a score. Lucy Smith, Corky Siegel, Wilderness Road folks, Young Strachey All-Stars, yada, yada. Come on down to uh, Heartland on that day. Uh, we're going to listen to some music uh, from Liz Mandeville while we welcome Liz Mandeville to the desk here. <laughs> 